Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, I'm really excited to have everybody back today for a special episode. I've got two people who I'm bringing on with me who are a couple and they've been in the trenches and they've been working hard and they came from such a disconnected place where they almost got divorced twice. They were on their last, you know, their last straw and they reached out for help and so I helped them through this process of my program and I think there's just not enough examples of couples who make it, who come through on the other side much, much stronger than when they ever even got together in the first place. And so I wanted to have this couple come on who are just a wonderful, they're just, they're awesome people and share with you some of the things that helped them the most so that you can take these things and implement them into your own relationship so you can ultimately find the same kind of results and benefits as, as them as having a strong relationship and a strong marriage. And so I'm really, really happy to have them on today. And so I recorded a call with them yesterday, so I'm going to go ahead and edit that in so you can listen to the interview. And I hope that you find really a lot of value in hearing what worked for them and how they can, you know, how their their story can hopefully inspire you and give you some nuggets of things that you can focus on to help bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to be. So I hope this helps. Hey, guys, I just want to, John and Anne, I just am very appreciative that you guys are willing to share your story because I know so many people struggle with this challenge. and. So often they feel like they're doing this by themselves. They feel really isolated. They don't see many success stories. So there's not really a model for how to get better. And so I really appreciate you guys being willing to share some of the things that helped you in hopes of being able to help other couples as they're on this journey as well. And so I'd love it if you guys wouldn't mind just sharing a bit about your backstory and some of the things that you were struggling with and things that you tried to do in the past to get help with these struggles. And then maybe we can kind of start from there. I'll be okay. okay. Sure. So uh, I guess it all started um, <clears throat> um, kind of where we began was that uh, I was up for an eldership in our church, and I was reluctant to take it at first because I knew I had some uh, sexual impurities, just call it, um, that was kind of present in my life at the time. But I, for one reason or another, I talked to myself and thought, yeah, I'll go ahead and go with this. And through the process of doing that, uh, there was uh, there was a process in our church basically going through a book and talking about what it meant to be an elder and, you know, the qualifications and things like that. So there was a chapter, chapter on sexual purity, and after reading that, I knew I had to confess that to my wife. And I wasn't real sure how I was to do that. and I am sure I probably did not do it the correct way, but I basically just came in to our bedroom um, <clears throat> after one of our meetings and told her that, hey, I need to talk to you about this and um, basically confess that I had uh, some addiction to pornography and and she did not take it well. <laughs> I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And sure. so... So it was a very tough conversation to have, and of course, after that, uh, just created more problems for us. So, and on your side, how did you take that initially when he told you? Um, I think we were watching a TV show or something, and I just said, basically, like he told me, and I said, okay, I want to watch the show now. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. 
completely, I needed to process it. And, um, you know, I just was floored by the whole thing. I did not, I did not take it well. And the longer I sat on it, the more I realized the lie I'd been living this whole time. And it just really tainted from that point backward, everything that I thought was true of us. And, um, you know, there was, um, it was a pornography, but there's also lustful issues of other women and things like that. And I just felt like my world just crashed and I couldn't breathe for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, I think we were trying to get counseling. We had a hard time finding somebody, but, um, you know, in the meantime, I just, I couldn't even live with them. We, we had to separate. It was just too much. No, I just had some difficult relationships in the past and he was supposed to be the one, like he was the one I was supposed to trust. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that just kind of, it was just an added level. And so after he disclosed that he was struggling, what did this path look like for you guys as you tried to find some help? We started with, um, our church and our pastor. Um, it did not go very well. I felt bad for him just because, I was hysterical and going through these triggers and didn't really understand what was happening. And when we did meet together um, with our pastor, I just felt like John was putting up all of these brick walls and Mm -hmm. um, I just felt even more alone. Which I think that's one of the things that I think so many people struggle with is just the sense of being so alone in this. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult, especially for the spouse. And so you tried to get some help at church. Then what happened next? What were some other things that you felt like you tried? We got a counselor, and um, she saw us individually, which was helpful. Um, the piece that was missing for me was I. She, she told me that she was. I've got John. I will work with him. We're just going to work with you, and just talked about like self-esteem issues and things like that, never touched on triggers, never touched on um, how I felt about the situation and what it was doing to me. But she was amazing in other ways. And then we got back together. She really helped us communicate as a couple um, in our marriage. And so we thought we were, you know, this was it. You know, we we battled this. We figured this out. And so he moved back in and, you know, for several months, actually – for me, it only lasted several months. Um, he didn't realize it was a year. <laughs> a year later, I mm-hmm. told him. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't working for me. Um, so we we kind of were under the guise that this, this was all we needed, but we needed so much more. What do you feel like wasn't working? What was missing in that first part of what you guys did? For me, it, it was just I needed desperately to figure out my feelings about the whole situation and how do I handle triggers and you know I was basically told by someone else that you know John's doing the best that he can he's you know he's staying away from certain women he's staying away from things and um, that that was good enough I'm supposed to accept that and he's trying and that's you know so I felt like the good wife would be okay you know he's trying and just kind of stuff my feelings down and um, really not talk about how it hurt me and so that was glazed over. That wasn't even discussed. And so a year later, I just kind of blew up <laughs> on our vacation mm-hmm. of all places mm-hmm. and had a ma- major trigger. And um, it kind of put both of us down the spiral, a, a really bad one. So 
So on one level, you guys were able to get along, but there mm-hmm. was no re- like real resolution about these underlying things about how you felt about the impact that this had on you. It was just kind of all that was being not talked about. Exactly. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yep. How about on your side, John? What What was that part of the journey like for you when you're trying to kind of just get along, but all these other things were happening underneath the surface? Do you remember those moments as well? Yeah, it was a very difficult time because um, I knew I'd crushed her heart. You know, um, I did not want to have that conversation with her. Uh, and, you know, after it was out, I didn't know what to do. So I basically just froze up and, you know, I was just like, I was trying everything I could think of. I was reading books and uh, listening to different podcasts or, you know, stories about other guys going through this and trying to do everything I could possibly think of. But in reality, I wasn't still focusing on what her needs were and, you know, to, to address, like she said, the triggers that she was going to be suffering because of this. And so um, it was just very difficult to try to figure out what I needed to do. And I don't know, uh, like I said, I would just freeze up and not know what to do. And then that would make her feel like she was not being heard and like I didn't care or anything like that. And mm-hmm. it was just very tough. I was just like, I was lost. And yeah. That, that, like she said, um, there came a point to where I felt like after we started going through the counseling and worked through a few things um, from this other counselor that I was like, well, we're back on track. We're back on track. And then we decided we needed a vacation after all we've been through. Let's do this vacation. And like I said, she got triggered over an event there. Like the first night was there. Didn't talk the rest of the week. Um, came back home and I'm not, I don't remember for sure how long it was, but we ended up separating again. So that's the point when we uh, contacted you. And, yep. and so yeah, when yeah. you guys, okay, so when you guys reached out, this was like, this was it, right? You're like, we're going to give this another shot, and if this doesn't work, then, like, we've done what we can. Oh, right? that was it. Mm-hmm. For me especially. I, I I even think we called you before we were even going to see your first visit saying, I'm done, I don't want to do this, and you had an mm-hmm. emergency phone call with me. Mm-hmm. Um, talking me down and saying just try one <laughs> because we I had a trigger and he completely just ignored me. Um, didn't really understand his thinking of it. Now going through this, I understand what he was going through and why he couldn't help me at the time. But you know, for me, it just felt like more betrayal. And yeah. so I was done. I was absolutely done. Right, and I think so. That's a part of what I'd love to have you guys is speak to because I think so many couples go through the same thing where they get exhausted they get burned out the cycle of them disconnecting happens so much it feels like so overwhelming and painful then they reach their breaking point and when we had that initial call I'm like okay given what you guys are saying like I like we can do this you guys can get into a better place and then of course another trigger happens because it hasn't been resolved yet right but I, I know the cycle just wears people down so much that you're you're right there saying I can't do this anymore and so I'm like I was very happy when you're like okay I'll give this a shot Mm -hmm. and let's see if this will help and as we started working together you guys understood more and more about what was going on underneath the surface and like you said you didn't know what was going on inside of him he really had a hard time being there for you because 
he just wasn't sure what to do. It wasn't a lack of caring. Not that you didn't matter to him. You just freeze up, get tense, not want to make a mistake. And then it would just kind of cause this spiral. I think this could be really helpful for people to hear how you guys came to understand what was going on and what did you, what were some of the things that you felt like you did to help you get out of these spirals when these triggers came up? Because I think a lot of people do get stuck there. For me, uh, I think learning how to communicate was the biggest thing. Um, It seemed like part of our cycle was she would get triggered. I would freeze, wouldn't know what to do. So I would kind of isolate. She would be mad. So she would isolate and then we just would not talk. And it would be three, four, or five days later before we could ever even think of discussing it of what happened. And through all this process, we have learned to, you know, to reach out to each other basically and communicate and talk about the issue. You know, talk about why it was triggering for her, and and you know maybe explain my side of things or whatever or just listen uh, that's a big thing just to listen and hear her and then validate oh I see why you would feel that way and you know just you know, just get to where we can talk it out and discuss it that's been key to me mm-hmm. I'd love your side Anne. um yeah communication was key um neither one of us were communicating very effectively at all. Um, Like he said, I would be triggered and then I wouldn't express that in a very nice way. (laughs) I would, uh, you know, because it brings you back to that moment where you Mm -hmm. first hear it and my blood pressure is going up and I'm sweating and my heart is racing and, you know, it's just unimaginable feeling words can't describe. And so I'm back in that place. And so I'm sure I didn't express myself very kindly. And in turn, he would feel ashamed because he did this to me. And then he would, some, at the beginning, we were really working on this. I got a lot of defensiveness from him or a lot of um, explaining away my feelings and why I shouldn't feel the way I feel. And that made it a hundred times worse. Mm-hmm. And so Honestly, you know, I had to learn to express myself in a way that, you know, I was, you know, I aware of my feelings, but maybe tell him in not such a abrasive way to give him an opportunity to feel that he can come forward and talk to me about it. And I know um, he's told me that, you know, he's had to fight his feelings of shame and wanting to run. We both had to fight that feeling. I have to run Mm -hmm. um, because that was my mode was to run away. Um, and so, you know, John being able to really learn his feelings through this whole process and being able to dig down and express himself and to understand his feelings and and what they are has really helped translate to our relationship because now he's to the point where he can just look at me and know, okay, something's not right there. You're right. You know, and, um, Mm -hmm. which has made a, an amazing difference. I feel heard and I feel seen. And I can't tell you what a difference that has made because, you know, that was, I told him, you're riding, you're driving the emotional bus right now. I, you know, I, the irony is the person that hurt me the most is the person I need the most. And mm-hmm. he wasn't capable of doing that for me. And I hated myself for needing him when I wanted to hate him. Sure. <laughs> but I needed him. And um, he really, I don't think at the time he realized what power he had 
to make this so much better when he just kept feeling like he was failing. But really, he had so much more um, control and power over how we landed than he really realized. So I'd love to spend a few minutes with this because I think this is an absolutely critical part of the process because so many people, when they go through this process, they're told that the traditional way of doing this is that he does his thing, she does her thing, and then in a couple of years, they, they somehow meet up, meet back up and then are able to kind of talk through things. The difficulty is that when people separate their process and he's doing his thing and you're doing yours or she's doing hers, does not take into account all of the pain of being isolated and not knowing how to communicate. And especially when triggers come up, if you're dealing with triggers on your own, like how would you describe what that was like for you when he wasn't, before he learned how to be there for you, before we went through our process, when you were doing this by yourself, what what was that like for you? Severe depression, um, you know, a difficulty just getting through my day, couldn't concentrate, um, the only control I felt like I had was, okay, I'm going to get divorced then. I'm just, and I would plan my divorce. Right. I'm going to sell my house and where I'm going to live. I, that's the only control I felt like I had because I didn't feel any hope of this ever getting any better. Um, and so that was terrifying as well. Um, so I was all over the map, <laughs> really. Yeah, naturally, understandably, because we're not, the thing is that we're not meant to, be isolated and separated out from the person who means the most to us. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing. I'm glad that you you brought this up. You said it's the person who, who caused all this pain is the person that you need the most because that person has so much of an influence to help create safety and to Mm -hmm. help repair and to help comfort and reassure. And so without getting those types of responses, because I think like literally pretty much every couple I've ever worked with usually starts out, where there's defensiveness on his side and then she feels rejected and alone, which trigger, you know, creates more depression, more anxiety. So the process that you guys go through as you guys learned how to come together differently, you're able to share with each other differently. He can respond differently. He did a very good job working through all this stuff that goes on underneath the surface, working through the shame, working mm-hmm. through his own hurt, like his own regret, which is a big part of what gets in the way of him being present. So there's multiple pieces to navigate, but as you did it, when he was able to come close to you and support you and listen and reassure you, on the other side of that, what what was that like for you? It was magic. I mean, um, you know, one of the big things for me is I saw how hard my husband was working. I saw the effort he was putting in and and everything, and so when those triggers occurred, um, Maybe the first couple of times when we were learning through this process, it was very bumpy for both of us. Mm, sure. Um, but at the end, it's just so empowering. And I think we both felt that. It's like, wow, you know, I, I could help her get through this. And I was like, wow, he helped me get through this. Mm-hmm. And there was one night I got triggered um, and I just was like up sleeping. And I just said, I'm going to go to bed later. I'm going to clean you, go to bed. I just, I just need to be alone. And he just was like, something's wrong. And he just grabbed me and held me and I was just like all I wanted to do was push him away and yell at him but I didn't say anything I let him hold me and he just kept saying I'm here for you I'm here for you whatever you need let me know what you need and and after a while I was like okay I don't need to sleep anymore I said I'll come to bed with you now I'm done (laughs) (laughs) so it is 
you know, it's both of us fighting our desire to run and um, give in to the shame and the fear and the hurt and using the skills mentally um, before you can feel them emotionally and just keep going at it and going at it and, and just not giving up on each other. That was that was huge. And now it's so much easier. It's become a process that we could do a lot more naturally. It doesn't feel it's um, as difficult to do. Yeah. I mean, and I think this is like, it's so important what you're saying. So for you, when John learned how to be there for you differently, when he processed through all of what was going on underneath the defensiveness, and I'd love for you to speak on this in just a second, John, but there's so much that happens underneath the surface for the husband when he feels like this sense of shame or inadequacy or just like that he's failed, that he's hurt the person that he loves the most, naturally there's this block that comes up. There's this wall that goes up and they shut down and avoid. He worked very hard to process through those things so that when you did get triggered, he could be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the word that you said. It's like it's magic and it truly is. Anytime I work mm-hmm. with a couple, when they learn how to have those different kinds of conversations where she doesn't feel alone anymore, it changes things so quickly. There were a couple of times I remember when we were working together that a trigger would come up, and this was before he learned how to be there for you. Oh, a yeah. trigger would come up, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, "I can't keep doing this." And there was a couple times where you're like, "This is like I'm done. I can't. I can't keep going with this." Can you speak to that a little through, bit? Oh yeah. yeah. Halfway through, I'm like, "Sam, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "I know we can do this. I know." Just you had an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> meeting with me and talked me through it. And I was just like, I just, you know, like, he just doesn't know yet. He doesn't know yet. You know, let him, let me have a chance to keep teaching and keep working and, and help him know, you know, how to do this. And um, I was so skeptical. I thought there's no way, you know, been doing this pattern for so many years, it's not going to change. Um, but the one thing that when I when we both learned how to do it, not just him, but I, I had to learn some things too. And when we both learned how to do it, it's affected not just this area, but every single area of our marriage. I mean, we mm. communicate better in every area now. It's not just like this is a sideline anymore. You know, it's not the main event, um, mm-hmm. but it's in every area that we're we're there for each other. And uh, I think that's just huge. I agree, and I, I remember those calls. Because I truly <laughs> believed, I was like, I know we're going to get through this, but please don't give up because I know on the other side of this that things are going to be different. And mm-hmm. I just, I knew how much you guys cared about each other. So mm-hmm. it was like, I hated to see you guys say like, no, nah, we can't do this anymore. And I'm like, ah, it's just a little more time and we can anchor these skills in. On your side, John, do you, what was happening for you in those moments when these triggers would come up and you'd get flooded yourself with all these painful emotions not know how to respond, not know how to be there. Because I think so many spouses take that to mean, well, okay, he doesn't care. I'm hurting. He's not opening up. He won't listen to me. He must not care, right? So then they retreat to protect themselves. Can you share a little bit for the people who are listening who might be going through something similar? What's happening actually on the inside underneath maybe the defensiveness or avoiding? Yeah, for me, it was... uh... I just felt, as I said earlier, just locked up. I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I knew how much I'd already hurt her, and I didn't want to hurt her anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, my thought process in the beginning was like, "Well, if I don't do anything, then it can't get worse." 
but mm-hmm. it absolutely did <laughs> when I did right. that And and you know, honestly, we're still you know learning each time, but each time it gets easier and easier to do it. Um, yeah. I remember one of the first times I thought I had it nailed. Um, she had went with uh, our girls to a concert, and as she mentioned earlier in the podcast, that uh, I'd had some issues with some blessing after some women in our church and we left that church because of that reason. And so she went to this church to this concert and then a group of those women were at that concert. So she texts me mm-hmm. and was saying, you know, said there's some of these women here and I'm really struggling, you know, and through text, I tried to comfort her, you know, and said, you know, just enjoy yourself. You know, don't let this get to you. And uh, she responded and said, thank you, I feel better. She had to get up for a little while, I think, and go to the restroom and compose herself and come back. And, you know, that was hurtful for me that I wasn't there personally for her, but um, I was doing what I could at the time. And But then she texted me back and said, thank you, I feel much better. So I was like, great, got this under control. You know, mm-hmm. And then she came home and said it again, how much of a struggle it was. And I just locked up because I'm like, what else can I say? <laughs> you know, I've already done everything. Right. And, right. and that was not enough. And, you know, and so that was one of the learning moments when I was like, well, I don't know. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to go to bed because it was kind of late when she got in. And I just went to bed. And then that was a disaster, you know. And I found out that's, she also mentioned the other time uh, just recently to where I could tell something was wrong with her. And so I just grabbed her and held her, you know, told her it was going to be all right and comfort her. And, and that was just huge. And, um, you know, whenever she first told me about, I have the power of her emotions and things like that. And I'm driving the bus, so to speak. And, you know, I didn't believe it because I was like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, I don't think I have that much power. Right. But, you know, just, just being there listening and hearing her. And just, you know, uh, trying to help her cope with, with that trigger means the world to her. And um, I've just found that, you know, we just have to confront it head on, talk about it, hold each other, and, you know, we'll get through it. To where Which before, totally... I would... Oh, yeah, go ahead. It was before. How is it? I just would say before, I would just isolate, run away, and then hope it would get better. And I think sometimes during some of our fights um, in the past, it would, you know, just, I guess, more or less kind of time. We felt like time would heal. (laughs) But then, you know, it's always still in your mind and just festering and blow up later. But so, yeah, you've got to get it out there in the open and communicate honestly and freely. Yeah. Which this is the like... And as you've noticed, right, as you've gone through the process, it doesn't it doesn't have to then take six hours of discussion. If you know how to target the issue and share how you feel and get the comfort and reassurance that you need, conversations can be minutes sometimes. And I think sometimes people get yeah. overwhelmed at the idea of like, oh, we have to talk about this all the time, when really the reason why people feel like they're rehashing things over and over again is because they're not getting to the level of where the healing occurs. They just get lost in the details and they go back and forth. 
And really, we just ultimately need comfort and understanding and validation. And it doesn't take that long. Is that your guys' experience as well? Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, that last one we had where she was cleaning, I could tell something was wrong with her. And I just held her. You know, it was better within, like you said, a matter of minutes, maybe 10 minutes or so. And yeah. we were through it. So. So and there's one thing true. I wanted to add, because I think, and you touched on something that I think a lot of people feel. It's like this idea of like, I don't want this other person to have so much influence or power over how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for people to understand and recognize that the way that we're wired as human beings is that we need and we thrive when we are connected securely with somebody else. That's a part of why people experience betrayal is because there's a connection, there's a bond, then something or someone comes between two people, which causes the hurt. And so there's a deep sense of hurt and loss. So the antidote to that isn't, okay, go find out and go find out how to be stronger individually. The answer is, okay, you're hurting because of a loss. Let's repair the damage. Let's reconnect. Let's seek comfort. Let's seek understanding because that is what brings that bond back securely, which then changes how we feel. So mm-hmm. it, has, it has nothing to do with this. Like, I, again, there's these traditional ideas out there of codependency. Well, okay, well, you shouldn't rely on somebody else so heavily and they shouldn't mean that much when reality, our spouse does mean a whole lot to us. They're one of the most important people on the planet to us. So if something happens in that relationship, we're going to feel hurt. So the, the goal isn't to just become numb to that. It's to work with that in a way that can help you restore that connection, restore the bond. That's what so many people, I think, again, this is the benefit of you guys doing this work together, is that you're learning how to come together differently so that you can reconnect and repair that damage. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think through the whole process from the very beginning of this happening, we desperately tried to reach out to each other, not realizing that we were doing it in such a poor way that we were triggering each other, causing these cycles of just us, you know, having more fights and more tension. And, um, you know, and, and this last time when his this last separation, it was just a lot of lashing out and yelling at each other. And um, I, and I think in the toxic way, we we're both trying to be heard um, and listened to and, and asking for the other person to, to be there for each other, but we just we, at that point we had no no skills left. We had nothing left, mm-hmm. and so going through this process and learning um, the term like turning into each other instead, and you know it, it's just it's changed everything. Um, we we don't have those cycles anymore, and you know I can come up to him and say, hey, you know what, I got talked about something, and and it's to the point where he's he may feel like a little nervous, like what is she going to say? But <laughs> I don't feel like it's, he automatically has his defenses ready, you know, like he's ready to fight me or defend himself mm-hmm. and vice versa. It's like, okay, now, okay, we're like in, in the thought process. Okay. I have to listen. What is it you need? And let me reassure you and talk about it. And so once you build that um, into your rhythm, it, it, it's just a wonderful experience because now there's such a, there's a closeness and a vulnerability that, you know, I wanted all that time. We were screaming and yelling at each other. We just didn't know how to get that. And you helped us so much um, 
in this process, we, we wouldn't have been able to get sick without it. But it's it's made every part of our marriage just magic, I guess. <laughs> it's really, it's really mm-hmm. helped us a lot. You guys honestly have done such a phenomenal job working and coming together differently. And I, I hope that as people are listening that they can hear that it's possible that this that relationships don't have to stay stuck forever. We we, we spent, what, a few months together? Like it didn't take mm-hmm. four years, five years to figure it out. It's once you learn the tools and the frameworks to process through what's getting in the way, you can have really, really healing conversations very, very quickly in the process. Any thoughts on that on your side, John? No, it's so true, and I would have never believed it. You know, um, I'd actually, I think, um, Ann had found you on the website uh, first, and said, "I kind of like what this guy has to say." And so I started listening to your podcast, and I know you'd mentioned that you know I don't have to take yours, don't have to take yours. I'm like that goes against everything I've heard, and I just don't know if I believe that, but but it's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Um, yeah, it's, you're almost a miracle worker for, for us, mm-hmm. and, and the amount of time that it's took. And but, like you said, it's, it does take work from both sides, I believe. But and great communication that you gave us those tools to be able to do that, and we'll be forever grateful for you. For yeah, no, it's there. such a pleasure to work with you guys. You because you guys did all the work. Like you guys are the ones who are having to work through these challenges and triggers and it's it's really not easy for people and I can again like hearing from somebody who's gone through and learned the process I hope as people are listening that it really does build a sense of hope that their relationship can get better it doesn't have to stay stuck their family can be strong and so I, I guess maybe the last couple of things is there any thoughts that you guys have for people who might feel stuck right now in their relationship not knowing how to connect is there any thoughts that you have in terms of what seemed to help you guys come back together? I just I want people to have some things that they can think about or start to implement. Any thoughts on what you feel like was some of the most helpful things that you did to help with the relationship healing part of it? Um, for me, on my side, I had to learn a lot about emotional awareness um, just to feel... A, it's kind of more of a backstory, but uh, things I'd went through, you know, early on in childhood and things like that. I got so used to suppressing my emotions and feelings um, that it became very natural for me to do that. So she would often think that I wasn't responding or caring because I wasn't emotionally responding. Um, but I just hadn't learned how yet. Uh, I put a lot of work into that uh, with your help mm-hmm. and, uh, through meditation and things like that, uh, it's really made me more emotionally aware to be able to, where I can be there in that place with her. And I think that's been leaps and bounds for me, um, just to be able to, you know, like I said, it wasn't that I didn't love her, I didn't care for her, or things like that, but I just wasn't emotionally connecting at the same level with her, I think. Um, so that was big for me to be able to learn that. Yeah, I like that. Just I want to touch briefly on something you said then, and I want to hear on your side. Somebody texted me a couple of days ago who's, who I'm working with right now, and he's like, you know, we're talking about all this stuff. Like, give me something to focus on this week. And I said, I want you to focus on nothing else but two things. Number one, this practice of mindfulness, like you said, or meditation. This is what made me think of the soul thread. I said, the more you practice 
this muscle memory of being able to pay attention and recognize how you feel, then you're going to be able to do something different. You're going to know what is feeling off. If you're feeling hurt or sad or not enough, there's ways to then process those emotions in, in a healthy way and get those underlying needs met, but only if you're aware of them. And so if you do nothing else right. but try to focus on how you feel, and number two, try to focus on sharing these things with your spouse because the more you let her in on what's going on, she's not going to be left in the dark. She's not going to think that you don't care because all she sees is just like this wall. But by noticing how you feel, sharing that, including her processing with her what's going on, like that is going to be most of what will move the needle for you. And so, I, I, again, I just wanted to pick you back off of what you're saying. So meditation is key because it helps to train you. I recommend the app. Like, there's apps that do this that kind of help you. I don't know what your process was. I'd love to ask you. But I, I recommend Headspace or there's an app called Calm. Is there anything in particular that helped you become more aware of how you feel? I do use Headspace. And then I just often sometimes just kind of sit quietly and and do, like, a body scan and um, yep. which kind of learned that through headspace and things, but, uh, but yeah, it's been tremendous and I would have never thought that, you know, meditation was for me, <laughs> but it has right. helped so much. And like I said, help, help me to be emotionally aware and just mindful and not only with my own self, but also with to everybody else I see, you know, like she said the other day, um, you know, when I just saw her and said, something's off and, mm-hmm you know, and then I could go to her and help her heal in that moment. And so to me, that's been the best thing that's happened that I've learned. Huge. I really appreciate that. And I, again, I second that. Like, honestly, when I started doing meditation for myself personally, like my life significantly, uh, there was a shift. I could notice a very significant shift and I feel better. I'm clearer. I can respond to how I feel more differently, more effectively. So it's, it's huge. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up. Uh, I'd like to check in on your side, Anne, as well. Any thoughts just for people who are having a hard time right now, just things that you feel like was helpful for you that if they were to start to do, they could start to feel mm-hmm. some benefit to? So for me, um, I I became an observer of what my husband was doing, um, just knowing that all the defensiveness, all the um, ways he was trying to avoid confrontation, um, or, you know, helping me really was kind of ironically because it loved me. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it didn't make much sense, but it's, he, he you know, he took, I just don't understand, like, what to say. And I'm a very emotional person. I'm a very verbal person. So for somebody to not be able to understand what to say or how to feel is foreign to me. Yep. Um, but understanding that he really didn't have that skill at all. Um it just let me know that any effort he was putting forth was was big, and I needed to encourage that and accept that. Okay, this is what he can do right now, and um, and honestly, just being willing to accept it because my go-to is you hurt me, I'm gone. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I I never really developed a good skill of of how to handle that, so I had to stay present. My husband was always the one that wants to stick it out and work it out and do things, and I was always the one that wanted to run. Um, I'm sure there's always somebody in a couple who wants to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, I just really had to remain still 
and allow the process to happen. Which is huge, and I know that's not an easy ask because of mm-hmm. how much hurt there is. It's like, okay, like continuing to process through and try to talk things. Because when you say, I just wanted to kind of run, that's like it makes perfect sense why you'd want to because if you're hurt, you want to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if I can just get away from this, then I'll be safe, then I'll be okay. And so I think, yeah, I think that's great for you to have that awareness of like, okay, but if I stick through this and we can actually find some closure, mm-hmm. then then he can help create safety in the relationship so that I can let my walls down because he's created the safety. Because mm-hmm. you've needed him to respond differently. And as he did, then again, there's more safety so that you, you don't have to run anymore because you can just work through things together now. Right. So I really, honestly, I really, really appreciate you guys being willing because I, I know that you put in so much work and energy and to have it pay off in such a big way. Is there any last thoughts that you might want to share with people who might be listening? Just don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. Right? <laughs> don't don't yeah, give up. Don't give up. And um, it really takes both people. And um mm-hmm. I'm really proud of my husband and how hard he tried, even though I didn't see it at first. Um, and then I had to try hard too. It really takes both people, but it can definitely work and happen. It's great. I really appreciate you guys being willing to share because I know that sometimes uh, people don't feel like there's hope and there's not really a model or people who, you know, there are people who share their stories, which does, I think, bring hope and bring, uh, you know, bring this, uh, potential of things being different and especially in the relationship side of things a lot of times people just don't know that it can be better so i just want to thank you guys for being willing to share because i hope this is going to help a lot of people who listen so thank you well we thank you too thank you you're welcome yeah absolutely wait before you go i'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course i created so make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.